From May 23rd to 25th, the Human Rights Foundation's community reunited in Norway for the 2022 Oslo Freedom Forum at the Oslo Concerthus. Guests from all corners of the globe joined together to discuss the year's most pressing human rights issues and to brainstorm new ways to expand freedom worldwide. This year's theme, Champion of Change, represented a strong, scalable call to action for our community, inviting our audience to act and advocate on behalf of activists who are themselves champions and their causes. At the Oslo Freedom Forum, we realize that everyone has the potential to affect change, either as a champion on an individual level or as part of a larger movement. Welcome to Dissidents and Dictators, a series of conversations by the Human Rights Foundation dedicated to exposing and challenging authoritarianism around the world. This episode was recorded during the 2022 Oslo Freedom Forum, a global gathering of activists and dissidents united in standing up to tyranny. Since 2009, individuals have come from across the world to educate, share, and inspire at the Oslo Freedom Forum. You can watch this programming and more on the Oslo Freedom Forum YouTube or Facebook pages. The Chinese government has locked up over 1.8 million Uyghurs simply because of their ethnic identity, cultural pride, and religious faith, sending them to concentration camps and forced labor facilities where they face a series of abuses recognized as genocide and the largest mass detention of an ethno-religious community since World War II. At age 18, Johar Ilham arrived to the United States by herself, with little knowledge of English and without her family, after her father was unjustly detained at the Beijing airport. Now she lives far from her homeland, unable to safely return, and continues her relentless advocacy to raise awareness until every Uyghur is free. Assalamu alaikum. Hello, everyone. My name is Jawhar Ilham. I am Uyghur. For those of you who are not very familiar with who the Uyghurs are, the Uyghurs are a Turkic ethnic group. We speak the Uyghur language, which is a Turkic language that is unrelated to Mandarin Chinese. We look different from Han Chinese. We dress differently. We eat different kinds of food. We practice different kinds of culture. And most importantly, majority of the Uyghurs are practicing Muslims. The Uyghurs live in the Uyghur region, which is located to west of China. So you may think, oh, I've never met an Uyghur before. Oh, the Uyghur region sounds so, so far away. But here's one right in front of you. And I'm certain right here in this room, there are a number of products have been touched by the hands of the Uyghurs who have worked in conditions that strongly indicate forced labor. Whether it's a camera or the outfits, for example, that white shirt over there or that black suit over there could have been made by Uyghur forced labor. That doesn't sound so good, right? But don't worry, I'm not here to make you feel bad for the outfits you're wearing. What I'm here to say is that we can all work together. We can work together to push companies to make changes. We can ask them to end their complicity in this crisis. For decades, the Chinese government has been implementing repressive policies in the Uyghur region. Due to several instances of violence and unrest, the Chinese government claims all Uyghurs as terrorists 
and extremists in order to justify their actions. The Chinese government claims that those actions are for countering terrorism and combating religious extremism. But no, there are other considerations underpinning Beijing's intention to seize control over the population and the region. First of all, the Chinese government has a large focus on the Uyghur region because of its geopolitical value. The Uyghur region is full of natural resources, which marks up to over 20% of China's energy reserves, turning the Uyghur region into a national powerhouse. And as you may have heard of, 84% of the cotton production of China is from the Uyghur region, and that is 22% of the global cotton production. 95% of the solar panel relies on one primary material, solar-graded polysilicon. And the Uyghur region produces over 45% of the world's solar-graded polysilicon. The Uyghur region is also home to some of the most important elements of the Belt and Road Initiative, China's flagship trade project, BRI, which went into effect in 2013, aims to link Beijing to over 100 countries via railroads, shipping lanes, and gas pipelines, and other infrastructure projects. Because of these natural resources and the advantages of the geopolitical values, plus the ethnic and cultural differences of the Uyghur people, the Chinese government has been repressing the Uyghur people and locking up millions. The Chinese government has also been transporting Uyghurs to other parts of China, working in conditions that strongly indicate forced labor. These are systematic and state-sponsored forms of forced labor, which intersects with other type of egregious human rights abuses, which includes the destruction of century-old architectures, undermining uh, Uyghur custom and culture, family separation, widespread arbitrary detention, political indoctrination, and transformation, gender-based sexual harassment, and forced sterilization. The Chinese government has also instituted an entire police state which involves in huge surveillance operations in the region. Every few blocks you will see um, checkpoints and police stations located throughout the whole region. You will find Chinese police sitting at a desk requiring people to deposit, deposit their phones in order to download data or upload surveillance softwares. My cousin, Nuralia Yalkun, was stepped at one of those checkpoints in 2017. For refusing to turn in her cell phone, she was sentenced to 10 years. For, having, for this non-compliance and for having a photo of my father in her cell phone, she's now spending the most beautiful years of her youth in a Chinese prison. I'd like to share a little bit about, about my father. My father, Ilham Tukhti, Though he was an economist by training, he was best known as an outspoken advocate for the Uyghur rights and for peaceful coexistence between the Han Chinese and the Uyghur people. He spent years sharing his academic findings, writing articles, talking to journalists in order to improve the situation of the Uyghurs. But now, he's serving a life sentence in a prison in China under separatism-related uh, related charges. My father had never campaigned for violence nor supported separatism, but his public advocacy 
had frequently angered the Chinese government because of his public advocacy. He was put under house arrest multiple times. And after he was officially arrested, he was shackled, beaten, denied food twice, each time for 10 days. Within a couple of months, he lost over 40 pounds. Today, I don't know where my father is. I don't know if he has been transferred to another prison, or to a camp, or to work in a factory. In fact, I don't even know if he is alive. As a Uyghur, not knowing whereabouts of our family members, not being able to communicate with them, having our rights taken away from us has become a norm. In this picture, it's businessmen, soccer players, singers, comedians, and intellectuals, including my father here on top corner left. None of, none of these people need any so-called job trainings, yet they're either sent to a camp or to a prison. How did that happen? Here's a population data collection form used widely by the local authorities in the Uyghur region, which collects information such as how many times a person prays, whether they're passport holders, which are some of the countries they have visited, do they have family members overseas? Any of these data points can be used by local authorities as a reason to send someone to a camp for re-education. The organization that I work for, the Worker Rights Consortium, is part of the Coalition to End Forced Labor in the Uyghur region. We call on companies to urgently end all their ties with the Uyghur forced labor. With the backing of over 400 organizations from over 44 countries, including Human Rights Foundation, from Uyghur groups to trade unions to investor groups, we're, we're asking companies to urgently end their complicity in this crisis. At this juncture, no ethical corporation from any sector should be sourcing anything from the Uyghur region. And it's critical that companies behave responsibly and apply the same unified standard in all their markets with the passage of the Uyghur Forced Labor Prevention Act in the US, and the, the, in order to avoid Europe from becoming a dumping, dumping ground for forced labor tainted goods. And I'm well aware that most people wouldn't want to purchase products that have been, they knew that have been made or tainted by Uyghur forced labor. I do have that faith in humanity. I hope one day to see a world where Uyghur daughters and sons can call their families freely, can return home without fearing for their lives, can practice their religion freely, can speak their language freely, and I hope that day comes soon. You can help make that happen. I often get asked by people, oh, how can I help, what can I do? I'd like to share that despite our differences, we all, especially people here in this room, we all have two common things. First, we're all human beings. Second, no matter we're rich or poor, it doesn't matter if your monthly expenses is $100 a month or like the Bitcoin folks who are sitting over there, a million dollars a month. We're all consumers and consumers hold powers and we can influence businesses and governments. So go educate yourself on this issue and share about what you've learned. Write to your local government officials, doesn't matter which country you're from. Call the companies that you shop from the most, whether it's Walmart or Hugo Boss or Zara or Uniqlo. Call them, write to them, and ask them, are they really prioritizing profits 
over human lives? For those who are still not believing the existence of those camps, please read the newest uh, news report that just came out a few hours ago from BBC, exposing thousands of photos and documents leaked from inside the camp and police stations. And it's just one county, those information. Today, what we need is action. Together, what we may actually have what it takes to free my family and friends who are locked up, who are trapped in this endless life of capti captivity. Thank you. Rahmat. <laughs>